0: Welcome to What's New with NOVA, your premier, number one, only of its kind podcast, produced by the staff of NOVA Literary Arts Magazine here at the University of North Carolina at Charlotte. NOVA has existed in one form or another for over 50 years, originally as Sanskrit, and in our time we've won Pushcart Awards, CMA Best of Show Awards, Pacemakers, Uh, we're basically the shit as far as College Literary Arts Magazines go, Um, and I'm not afraid to say that. On this podcast, we're going to be talking shop, we're going to be talking craft, and uh, the upshot of this is that you get to hear a bunch of uh, pretentious blowhards talk about their uh, hobby for like 30 minutes. Um, and if you're interested in submitting a NOVA, we're going to pass on a lot of helpful tips, tricks, and advice uh, to ensure that uh, you make it into our magazine. So uh, today we're going to be talking poetry. Uh Specifically, my axe is to grind with all sorts of poetry that I personally dislike and find disgusting. I'm just kidding. We're going to just be talking what helps get you in the magazine. Uh, and I've got a couple of expert uh, witnesses here. Oh, expert okay. opinions uh, on poetry. So I'm going to go ahead and introduce them now. We've got uh, on mic Two over here, Grace Yoakum, the current editor-in-chief of Nova Literary Arts Magazine. Uh, Grace, uh, uh, you can find her poetry in last year's issue of Nova, the poem "Manner," and also in the zine we published last year. Uh, remind remind me of the title of that one.
1: Oh, I really don't want to say it's It's uh, Benevolent Malediction. I was really into the... Like, having as many syllables as possible. Did you, did you pop open a, a, a
0: the source for that one? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I really just wanted to make it really hard to pronounce. Also, <laughs> great introduction for our very professional, very serious literary arts magazine.
0: Uh, disclaimer, I asked the podcast people if I could swear, and they said yes, so I'm going to take advantage of that. All right. Okay, great. Uh, do you have anything else you'd like to say? Right? Oh, okay. That little court jester over there laughing—that's Alexander Bees, uh, the editor in chief emeritus of Nova. Uh, he's pursuing a master's degree in English right now, and last year his debut poetry collection *To Luna*, who sang with the wind, became available. Uh, you can find that on Amazon now. Uh, Alex, do you have
2: anything you want to say? Uh, I mean, not so much, not so much besides our broken laugh track, but um. <laughs>
0: Uh, oh i forgot to i had a great guys guys i was gonna do a great bit where i started using my npr voice to
2: introduce people and
0: it's too late so just be ready for that at an unexpected point somewhere in the future really
1: really looking forward to that
0: okay so let's get into the uh how shall i say meat and potatoes of this episode uh you can tell that my co-workers and colleagues here have a ton of confidence in me because every time i say something they just go god god oh, god which just a supportive and positive working environment okay um we're not going to be super stodgy i'm not going to like pull open the wikipedia article for poaching be like the first poem uh instead i'm going to let alex walk us through Because Ale- alex has the most education of all of us so
1: it's true t- take it
0: away buddy run us through the history of the poem broad strokes Um, Yeah, I
2: think uh, uh, to quote the very famous (laughs) Emily Dickinson in the most uh, common way possible, her quote on what poetry is is, if I read a book and it makes my whole body so cold, no fire can warm me, I know that is poetry. If I feel physically as if the top of my head were taken off, I know that is poetry. And I think that is very true. I think that it is one of the most true statements when it comes to poetry. It's not a, uh, a a word written on a page. It's so much more. It can be so many other things. It is an experience that fills you with a fire, a spark, or a chill that you have never felt before or something that resonates deeply within. Something that feels so familiar but unfamiliar at the same time.
1: I I totally agree with you. I think the essence, the essence of poetry, is to make you feel. Um, If I'm reading a poem and I don't feel connected to it, it's not. I don't feel like it's really a poem, if that makes sense. Um, Outside of an emotional connection, poetry can be a lot of things in the way that you structure it. Mm -hmm. There's no set. You know, I think the best example I can give is. You know, like blackout poetry or, you know, the documentary poetry class you're taking, mm-hmm. Alex, where it's, you know, it doesn't even have to be your own words. You can just be, you can take the words of other people and restructure them in a way that resonates with how your reader, uh, you know, feels with it. So I think there's that element to poetry as well.
0: What's interesting in that Dickinson quote is that the way she defines poetry is very nebulous, compared to how we talk about prose. And prose is a matter of technique, um, things that you can measure that you use to define the, the genre. I mean, if you say something's a short story, it's flash fiction, 99 times out of 100, you're looking at the word count, you're checking if there's a protagonist, if there's rising tension, you know, if there's conflict in the story. Whereas poetry has, is so multifaceted, has so many ways to be represented and developed, Sometimes it's kind of like the way the U.S. Supreme Court defined pornography. You know it when you see it.
1: Uh, that was, great, co- that was
0: completely serious, by the I, way. I don't know why y'all started laugh-tracking at me. It was not very kind.
1: You know what? I I don't really know if I agree with your that particular example being used here, but I think I, I agree with the principle of it. You know it when you see it. I think that's important to remember while you're writing it, too, because if you read your poem back and you're like, I don't, you know, it doesn't really click immediately, then you know, you'll know it when you see it. If, if you feel like someone's going to understand the you know, intention behind your writing.
2: So, yeah, uh, Borderland Apocrypha. It's a uh, book by, or it's a poetry collection by Anthony Cody. Um, and this whole poetry collection uh, is um, Anthony Cody's take on the actions following uh, the Treaty of uh, Guadalupe-Hidalgo and the Mexican-American War and how uh, America has used a lot of uh, horrible tactics to oppress these people and strangle them and their culture as a whole. Uh, But he uh, exercises... An extreme amount of exploration on his page in his poetry. You now it borders, uh, it varies between looking at the treaties and having those and using erasure poetry, as Grace was saying, but it also expounds upon the form so much where the form is reaching one side of one page. And that poem doesn't end until like the end of the section, uh, laterally, like 40 pages later. That's insane but it's all about the, uh, the efficiency you use it with and the, the tactics of using that. What are, you, what are you trying to explain? What are you trying to get across? Um, it's
0: funny you bring up that Anthony Cody collection because that's the
2: kind of thing we can't
0: publish in <laughs> NOVA. Uh, <laughs> so true. let's move in a little bit to what we can, can't accept what we like and what we don't like in poetry. So first of all, NOVA, so we publish at 9 by 6 inches uh, at about 12-point font, uh, mm-hmm. serifed something usually similar in look to a Times New Roman. Um, So when we publish people's poetry, we're publishing in those dimensions in that font because it has to look cohesive with the rest of the magazine. So if you submit us a poem in, uh, you can submit in whatever professional font you like, but don't assume that we're going to replicate that. Don't submit a poem where you've colored different words differently. We won't replicate that or something with extremely fancy formatting because we're working at a set dimension and we can't replicate that uh, at the publishing stage. Don't get me wrong, I love uh, avant-garde and experimental poetry, but given that most of our submissions come from people working at the collegiate level, especially in the poetry department, um, at least what I've seen in my own experience as an editor at NOVA combing through the hundreds and hundreds of submissions we get each year, is that a lot of newer poetry writers, when they're experimenting with form like that, it's a crutch because their written word isn't quite there yet. The visual aspect of a poem should always be supplementing what's written, not supplanting or overcoming it. Once you get to a level in your craft where you have the confidence and understanding of technique and able to throw words across the page at different sizes, orientations, placements, that's wonderful. But make sure you've got a handle on your words first.
1: Yeah, I would say that form follows function always. There should be no, there should be no mistaking when we read your poem. If it is, you know, stru- structurally different, there should be no mistaking that your form is intentional with the words on the page. It's meant to enhance the message. It's it, like you said, Zach. It's not a crutch. Um, not that all, you know, all. Structural elements are, you know, a crutch in of themselves, but I think we're we're pretty much on the same page there. Um,
0: Alexander, would you like to talk a little bit about the importance of revising,
2: doing multiple drafts? Oh God, I'm a sucker for revision. Um, I could talk about this all day. God, you're you're really trying to keep us here, Pastor, <laughs> our time limit. Um, We've been talking for 15 <laughs> minutes. <laughs>
1: oh no, we're totally gonna run over time. Um,
2: I think, uh, gosh. Uh, I mean, revision is important. And even when it comes to form, one of my favorite things to do, especially with myself um, and with the level I'm at right now, having to really find ways to implement my form. Because when studying documentary poetry, when you're working with someone else's words, oftentimes you've got to figure out a way to drive across that intent, keep the integrity, but allow the words to form maybe a different perspective, um, a different view, um, allow it to explain something uh, in a uh, in a slightly altered version, um, which definitely helps a lot when running with the, or learning how to practice uh, messing with form. And it doesn't mean that like, not messing with form is bad, or like messing with form when you're starting out is bad either, it's just it's something that's a learned practice. Um, I'm still learning it myself. It's, People are still learning it. And it really, trying to make it seem like everything is in, intentional is a very difficult thing that takes a very long time.
0: I understand you have a uh, poem in progress you'd like to read today.
2: Damn. Speaking of revision, um, this one is in Not to innate. make it
0: sound like this is a terrible piece you've just started, but here here's an early draft of a poem Alex is working on um, now.
1: Which one is this? It's
2: uh, called My Grandmother, the Crows and the Backyard Dogs. Mm. um Bugs, so you
1: are in for a treat this is actually my favorite thing that alex has ever written and trust me that's no. my fault. favorite
0: thing is the checks he wrote me while i was working for him <laughs> last year
2: hey. um i didn't write this is, is <laughs> your favorite
1: thing <laughs> is, is the your favorite thing that i've ever written the checks i've written you this year
2: yes <laughs> um but yeah no this one's this one's the first draft it's still in need of a bit of revision, but uh, by a bit, I mean like running about twelve more times through the gauntlet and seeing how short it can get. But yeah, so this is uh, my grandmother, the crows, and the backyard dogs. When my grandmother died, a murder of crows prayed outside your mill house, leaned shoulder first into the wind, whip of taut telephone wires, and you walked out into raven black paint pouring from the sky, clutched two solo cups in shaking hands, chipped polish on over trimmed nails. Christ, how we relished the taste of strawberry wine, acetone and ambrosia, wretched in balance and only ours for a moment. Ice still frozen in the asphalt sinks into threads of our distressed jeans, licks the back of our thighs nothing but a shrill of wings breaking silence in the silhouette of a sunless sky. You clawed a cigarette from behind your ear, your ace of spades, Zippo, breathed deathless flames on the testament of life, shared between our chapped lips. Yours curled around it with the cold, shielded briefly by the flicker of light, my necklace still hanging around your neck Gold under the flame, it read Memento Mori. Remember that you die. Remember the confusion, the grief of a crescendo cut short. Remember the bitter burn of tobacco when all that's left of this night is soot on the cream sole of your shoe. Backyard dogs scream from their wicked cages, shake the slumber of spider sacks ornamenting rusted iron. Shake the leaves of your widowed apple tree. Appendages embrace the remnants of her rotting lover, maggots and all. You dropped your solo cup on your knee. Acid washed denim bathed in rose pink, lathers the grains of scar tissue on your leg. We drank the rest from mine, the daggered edge of each sip. Cells in the liver begin to die upon consumption of alcohol. Backyard dogs scream from the iron twisted in their maw. My grandmother's liver quit before the rest of her body that embraced her nonetheless. Maggots and all, her piss, color of aged Cabernet. And we understand and we scream back and we ask, how can we beat God at his own fucked up game? See, so, yeah, in the first stanza, I totally spelled taught right, wrong. hold
1: on, hold on, <laughs> slow down, slow down. Uh, good stuff, really good stuff. I mean, I, I know that you've... So I guess I have a question for you, Alex. When did you start working on this poem? And how many drafts have you gone through, or, or like versions of this have you gone through to get to this current version?
2: Um... I started working on it this, like, last Monday. <laughs> um, For
1: context, it is Sunday today.
2: Um, yeah. Recording. I started working on it uh, last Monday, and this is the second draft. Uh, or, yeah, it's, like, the, the first and a half second draft. One point. Um, and, yeah, no, this is, uh, it's like I said, uh, I spelled taught wrong in the first uh, <laughs> stanza that I didn't catch until i turned this one in and i was like oh okay that's embarrassing but that's how it works sometimes
1: hey you you know it's just it is what it is so when you go through your like revision process and this is me like being genuinely curious because as we both know i have a deadly allergy to revision um you know i'll just drop dead if i even look at something after i write average
0: editor in chief of a <laughs> literary magazine oh okay magazine. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: okay to to be clear i have a tangent about that that i'd like to go on later but uh <laughs> but like when you when you go through your revision process are there certain elements that you look for to change to like poke holes in are there you know d- how do you look at your own weaknesses in writing and then you know, filter that through the revision process. Well,
0: I'll tell you what he does. He shares it with me on a Google Doc. (laughs) And then (laughs) I comment on each line.
1: Uh, uh, There we go. uh,
0: Change this word. Change this word. Get rid of the alliteration. (laughs) Oh, this part's kind of good. Change this word.
1: (laughs) It is, that actually is a valid answer because I think it's so important to have people to give you feedback. Even if you're, you know, allergic to revision like me or are scared of sharing it with a larger audience before you, you know, you revise, I, I have a friend named Elaine, who I don't think anybody in this room knows, but, well, anyway, <laughs> shut up, Alex, put <laughs> that part on tact. <laughs> 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 but, um, I have a friend, Elaine, who's essentially my go-to editor, um, and she reads pretty much everything I write, um, and when I do revise, it's mostly at her behest, um, she, like, reads my academic writing. She reads my songwriting. She reads my, you know, my poetry. And I think the biggest thing that she's always, you know, the biggest asset that she has as an editor is telling me what I've done well. So I think when you're looking for somebody to bounce ideas off of, it's not just, you know, Zach's go- going through line by line and, like, change this, 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 this. It's I think it's also important to find places for positive and negative feedback. Um, uh, that's just my opinion. Yeah,
2: I mean, yeah. Um, when and that's that's the thing as well. I think um, revision is just like any part of writing, just like anything really. It's it's a it's something you have to work on. It's something you have to build. Something you have to train. It's it's a muscle, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the only way you do that is by firstly revising yours, but learning how to revise other people's as well. Maybe
0: um, maybe we're getting a bit ahead of ourselves. We should talk about. Uh, the purpose of revision. Yes. Yeah, great okay. Point.
2: Okay. Um you want to you want to take it away? Yeah, go sure, for. Sure.
0: I'll I'll briefly introduce this topic. Um First drafts are wonderful. Um they're sort of delicate. They're like uh, like a newborn baby bird that you this see. This is where
2: we plug in yeah. shitty first drafts. <laughs> yeah. For like the 100th time.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, you know, you you've just spent however many hours building this thing, and you're immensely proud of it. Um, but it exists almost entirely within your headspace, if that makes sense. It's it's a thing unto you only. If you share it with someone, actually scratch all that pretentious bullshit, guys. First drafts suck because you wrote them at three a.m. off your second Red Bull. And you need to look at them again in the morning when you've slept.
1: Also, if it's in your notes app, there's only <laughs> so much formatting you can do in that notes Let app. Let
0: me be so clear do not write in your notes app. Do not. App. Hey, never hey, do, do it. Never. Never.
1: As a staunch supporter of my notes app, Google
0: Docs app. is free. <laughs> uh,
1: okay. And people will use what they uh. want to use. And the notes app is not a bad place for a first draft specifically, especially if it's 3 a.m. and you're off to Red Bull. Now,
2: I'll keep it a buck with you. I um... I, I do if I have like a quick like line that I'm thinking and I'm like walking somewhere doing something then I'll slap it in the notes app because it's always a hey I'll remember this and then I won't ever think about it again. Yeah. But will I write whole, <laughs> whole <laughs> poems in a notes app? No, I need never. A full keyboard, right? yeah. You know? never. Yeah, never. Yeah, um, both
1: of these, both of these guys have received screenshots of my notes app. And I hate it. <laughs> no, <I'm joking>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you get that 3AM, no text, just an image, just a <laughs> screenshot. Oh, there's some emotional turmoil going on. Oh, oh boy. Who Ooh. broke your heart? <laughs> Too many people. Uh. Uh, oh,
2: gosh. Yeah.
0: No, but okay. And uh, Seriously, the thing about revision is you always think it's great and perfect the first time you read it, and maybe you look over, you can't even see any flaws, but no matter what kind of writer you are, what level of experience you have, you are wrong. You need That's to so revise. True. Uh, there's not a magic formula. Uh, some people have said if you've written a short story, for example, your second draft should be 30% shorter. And I don't necessarily truck with that. I don't think there's any number of statistical metrics or processes. There's no one-size-fits-all approach. Yeah. Cut the fat. Focus on what makes it good, emphasize that, and get someone else to read it just to make sure it makes sense. If the person says it doesn't make sense and you're confident that it makes sense, maybe go to to another person. Yeah.
2: Uh, Yeah.
0: But yeah, test it out a little bit. Sit with it. That's okay, that's the actual piece of advice I have. Your first draft and the version that you start submitting places have a month, month and a half between. Mm-hmm. So I- you can read it with foreign eyes and see if it makes any sense to someone who's not you.
1: I think it's so important, I think uh, I think as well, and this is my tangent that I said I was going to circle back on later, is uh, for somebody who is interested in poetry, who has an a- appreciation for the form, has an appreciation for what it is, but who doesn't necessarily have the... Formal training and/or exposure to what the elements of poetry are, I, and I would I would honestly put myself in this category um, because I know you, Alex, have obviously had so many you know classes working with. And Alex poetry. has been
0: published in the yeah. Carolina Review. That's true. Carolina Muse, Carolina Muse, Carolina Muse, A- and Alex has been published <laughs> in the Carolina Re- Muse. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's yeah. fine. Alexander's been published in the Carolina Muse. As well as Taluna, who sang with the wind, available now on Amazon.com.
1: So here's my tangent. Um, for somebody who is who doesn't have that, you know, formal training, but who still wants to submit to Nova, I would not be discouraged at all. My point is, I think that you don't have to have formal training to write good poetry, and you certainly don't have to have formal training to write good poetry that can go in Nova. And I think that. Um, For for the people who are writing poetry in their notes app or for the people who, you know, are continuously improving and learning, I started writing poetry around, I would say, two years ago. Um, And I get better every single time I write a new piece and I look back on some things that I've written and I'm like, oh, my God, why did I do that? Why did I make that choice? This doesn't make any sense. Um, But I think. It's the important part is to not be embarrassed about the where you've been along your writing journey and like the improvements that you have made. It's this whole thing is about continuously improving. And the skills that you have today are means that you can handle certain issues or, or problems or, or topics that you wouldn't be able to handle like six months ago. So I think it's really important to encourage people to just not Give up because you think that your stuff isn't good enough. Keep writing, keep producing things. The only way to get better is to practice, like any like any discipline. All
0: right, Alex, uh, you said you had some specific
2: revision techniques you wanted to walk us through here. Um, I mean, just a couple. I think um, uh, Charles Wright. He in one his poem "Body and Soul," too. Um, what book is it off of? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's a it's a short history of the shadow, uh, published in 2002 and in the poem body and soul too he says uh, don't just do something sit there and so i have so i have the seasons curling around me like smoke gone to the end of the earth and back without a sound and i think focusing in on that li- those two lines don't just do something sit there is a very important thing um, because it's, firstly, it puts a play on the, like, don't just sit there, do something, but also the idea that writing is a purely actional process. Um, like you were saying earlier, I'm pretty sure. Um, it's, uh, especially with the first drafts, it's, it's, it's you're, you're thinking about it mostly, and then you get to the second one, and then the third. And I think um, a lot of problems with writing is we tend to put a lot of emotion into this writing that is very uh, esoteric to us um, individually as writers in that first draft. And that's great if you're writing for yourself. That's great if you're making a journal entry or a diary entry or something like that. That's fantastic. But if you're making it for other people to read, you start walking and exploring this line of how do I make the emotions that I'm feeling resonate with the people who are reading? Right? Mm-hmm. How do I? Uh, I think you're not writing a, a biography. This isn't a necessarily, at least in this type of poetry, it's not a, a documentary. Right? It's uh, a story. Right? And so you want to you want to sit there and you want to think on it and think about the elements you want to bring out to focus. Right? And Wonder how you can bring those out. Having people read over them, multiple people, like Zach and Grace was saying. But also just practicing dissecting your own poem and deconstruction, deconstructing your own poem. And it's cliche as hell, but also reading other poetry. I and
1: think too, when you're looking at, when you're going line by line, I think in, in the advice that I've taken from you about trimming off the fat, I think I better understand now having looked at different techniques for revision in, in narrative fiction, there's, there's kind of a, I think there's a similar uh, through line for revision between those two, which is when you're looking at a sentence or you're looking at a line in a stanza and then you're comparing that to, you know, what is surrounding it, especially if it's, you know, maybe a single line and that's the whole stanza. if, you know, you have to see what information is being repeated. Is there any redundancy here? What purpose is it serving? You want for every single word to fight for its spot on the page. And if you don't think that it's going to, you know, be up to snuff when you're look when you're reading the poem, if it's not fighting for its own space on the page, then what's the point of including it? Yeah. Uh, and that goes for any type of writing. I think th- and that's a really favorite piece of uh, advice from mine when I'm, uh, when I, when I, write academic papers. That's the first thing I go to when I revise, and I think it's applicable here as well. Uh,
0: As we draw to a close here, I just want to relay a short anecdote. The first short story I ever had published uh, had 11 drafts. The first draft was something like 6,000 words long. Um, And the final 11th draft, the one as it appears in publication, was just over uh, 3,300. And the content to my eyes is nearly similar. But what did I do? I trimmed the fat, uh, kicking, screaming, and crying at first, you know, as <laughs> I would want to do. But eventually, once enough time had passed and I had gotten in the proper headspace, I was able to cut it down, flatten it out, make it make sense. You know, especially for those first couple of revisions, you might just be floundering around, changing things because you don't know any better. But if you sit with it and listen to the feedback people give you and identify what the whole point is, then focus it around that. You'll be fine. And just give us your best work, the best version of your work, And give it to us without any cheesy little gimmicks, any of your silly little games, and we'll put it in our magazine. So please, send us your best. We really are so thrilled to start reading it this year. And after this whole conversation, if you're wondering how to do that, NovaCharlotte.com. In the banner, we have a submit button. Click submit. It'll take you to our form. It'll walk you through all of our steps and requirements. And after you've done that, what you need to do next is go to Instagram, and you need to follow Nova Charlotte on Instagram. That's where you're going to get to see amazing behind-the-scenes content. It's
1: actually Nova UNCC. So after
0: after you submit, (laughs) go to Nova UNCC on Instagram. You're going to see behind-the-scenes content. You're going to get updates on the production of the magazine. You're going to get information about upcoming events we're hosting, including an open mic night at the Thoughtful Cup November 2nd uh 6 p.m to 8 p.m
1: it'll be a lot of fun we're doing it with uh another department here at student under media Midas it'll be a lot of fun if you if you want to have the opportunity to perform your work if you've ever thought about doing spoken word that'll be a great chance to do that Uh, a
0: great chance to find people to check out your revisions too
1: (laughs) if you are interested (laughs) in joining a community
0: of student poets here at Charlotte come to our open mic night Talk to us. We'd love to meet you. We're excited to hear your work, and we're excited mm-hmm. to get it in our submissions inbox yeah. this November. Submit before the 5th. That's the deadline.
1: Yes, November 5th. Uh, and we really do enjoy reading everything that you know people send us. It's a real treat to just be able to sit down with the rest of the editors and to, like, dissect and, and go through all of the work that we get. It's like, you know, it's free real estate. It's awesome. We all get to talk... Oh, uh, Zach. Zach, I said free real estate, and Zach just doubled over in pain. Uh, you know what? I'm going to stand by it. It's free real estate, and I love it. So, oh, Alex is now also doubled over in pain. Um, I, that might have to be the end of, end of things, folks. I think they're both no. out of it.
2: <laughs> Do we still have to talk about art? I'm pretty sure we still have what, to what talk about art. What about it? Like, are we, uh, We're fans of it? We're fans <laughs> of <laughs> Generally <laughs> pro-art <laughs> in the studio. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we hate
0: art. No, that's a well, um, the usurping of Grace Yoakum as editor begins now. Oh, uh, thank okay. you for joining us today on okay. What's New with Nova, and we hope you'll check us out on our next episode coming out in a few weeks on the short story. And folks, that's where I'm going to get